0: Wonderful show is keeping up with the Joneses, Mr. Jones, Mrs. Hot Stuff AJ Jones. How are you?
1: I'm well.
0: Let's talk about how well you weren't at the beginning of the week because despite the fact that you were very, very sick, there was a, a comedic side to it.
1: Um, for you or for me?
0: Well, not for you, but for me, it was quite funny. Our doctor did say, AJ, if I did not know you, I would think you are on drugs.
1: Well. Yes, because I looked like I was stoned.
0: You had vertigo.
1: Very bad vertigo, yes.
0: So what would happen is if your neck turned off axis, mm-hmm. your pupils would dilate completely, mm-hmm. and then your eyeballs would shake left to right, and then you'd throw up.
1: Rapidly. And I would feel like my whole world was on a... um Record player.
0: For those listeners unfamiliar with a record player?
1: It would spin. Like the whole room? The whole room. And so I would just randomly fall over or vomit (laughs) or both. So... And I so, spent Monday and Tuesday with the room spinning no matter whether I was upright or lying down and throwing up because I was nauseous from spinning.
0: So you're completely disoriented. You can't tell which way's up.
1: Not when it's spinning like that. No. So I
0: can't. when you cuz you fell on the floor out of the shower, which was funny. But you
1: you handily caught me.
0: I did. I'm always there to catch you. Well,
1: sort of. I kind of hit the floor anyway,
0: but you softened the blow. That's right. So you're Lying head down, going uh, uh, uh. what's happening at that point? The whole room is just you can't tell yeah. which way's up.
1: No, I can't. I can't I can't tell which way is up. I just literally feel like it's the whole room is turning around and around and around.
0: And so I had to throw a glass of ice cold water on you that shocked you back to reality. That's not what you did. No, I wish I had though. I would I would have loved to see what I, I would had. have gotten you back. So that stayed like that for two days. You had to do the Epley maneuver.
1: Yeah. I think Ronson did it like four times total. And before. the Epley
0: maneuver looks like someone's trying to unscrew your head off your shoulders.
1: <laughs> it kind of does, yeah. And it feels horrible because basically he's trying to get the crystals that are in your inner ear back where they're supposed to be because that's what's producing that type of vertigo.
0: Now, as Christians, do we believe in crystals?
1: <laughs> we believe in the ones that God put in your ear, you know, because, well, God put them there.
0: And that's the thing that gives you equilibrium. And Is equilibrium the right word? That's the one that gives you balance. and Yeah,
1: it... It somehow floats in your inner ear, and it's what sends the message to your brain about how to balance for different slopes and, you know, if you're on a boat or, you know, all that kind of stuff. So mine, were in the wrong place, which is why.
0: So you've got better.
1: Yes, but I, what I have remaining is still a type of vertigo, which is from my C1 being out of place.
0: Which is your vertebrae. hmm Well, baby, I'm so sorry. It's been a rough week for you because you like to be active and really for Monday and Tuesday, you were out for the count.
1: Yeah. And yeah. And Wednesday I went to work, but then I was useless at night. I was just so tired. And And
0: strangely, you couldn't sleep in bed because if you lay down, like you went through the center of your gravity, everything got woozy. So you had to sleep upright on the sofa
1: Mm -hmm. for four days.
0: That's not fun. That was not good sleep. So, it would be fair to say this has been a fairly tiring week for both of us.
1: It's been an exhausting week.
0: You, because you don't know which way you're up, and me, because I'm trying to compensate for you being sick and you're unable to do a lot of the stuff that you would normally do, which gave me a fresh appreciation for all
1: you do. Oh, let's talk about that. What do you appreciate? (laughs) You're not words of affirmation. No, yes, I am. Go ahead. No, Wait, you are words of affirmation? Everybody likes words of affirmation. Everybody likes to feel like they are appreciated and needed and somebody notices what they do.
0: Baby, you know what I appreciate? I appreciate every Tuesday you get up super early and you take Abigail to the choir practice. Mm -hmm. I have never appreciated how fatiguing that is. It's exhausting. It's totally exhausting. What else do you appreciate? I appreciate that every morning, without fail, you make the kids pack lunches. Yep. And you do so... When there's not always the food in the cupboards as it needs to be.
1: Yes, I, I MacGyver them a lunch every morning.
0: You do. I MacGyver them an interesting one. They had like uncooked pasta. I
1: don't think I want to know. <laughs> don't tell me. <laughs> Just don't peas. tell me.
0: I thought they'll defrost and. <laughs> oh dear. They'll be fine. Yeah. They didn't complain.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So anyway, that kind of overshadowed the week. You How were do you sick. feel about
1: ballet class? Are you appreciating me taking them to ballet class?
0: So what's funny is three weeks ago.
1: Yeah.
0: You normally take them to ballet class. Yes because the last place I want to be is in ballet class with just the estrogen. It's (laughs) like the high pitched estrogen. So there's all these prepubescent little girls running around super excited about being ballet dancers. Our kids forget any basic social norms and they're running around screaming. And I'm basically the only dad there. So it's all women and all girls and Oh, it's, and it's rush hour, Cool Springs traffic to get there, and get. I so three weeks ago, I was like, Babe, I am never taking them to ballet class again.
1: And I said, Uh huh.
0: And I made an inner How
1: How's that worked out for you?
0: Every week since, I've had to take them because yeah. you can't drive.
1: Nope, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Hope he didn't milk it until Friday. <laughs> no, way. no way. No way. that will be fine. All
0: right, rest of the week.
1: Uh, I went for a walk at Radnor.
0: That's how exciting our life is. You actually went outside.
1: A couple of times I had to hold on to a tree. But other than that...
0: Haven't we all, baby? <laughs> other
1: than that, it was it was um, exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I, my Monday was interesting. I taught on women in ministry and hell.
1: Um, You did both on Monday?
0: Yeah, our poor students, man. Like, that was a heavy day.
1: I thought you were just doing women in ministry.
0: No, I did hell in the afternoon.
1: Okay. Because there's this growing,
0: fashionable trend to get rid of hell. and. Uh, you know, hell seems too gruesome. Hell is certainly gruesome. And so there's a growing trend of people, quite respectable leaders to talk about universalism and what's the
1: other thing that's? Annihilation.
0: Annihilationism. So I was just talking to the students about why annihilationism and universalism, though they seem much more palatable, just aren't supported in scripture. Right. And talked about hell and the realities of it. It's so sobering. It is. Yeah. When you talk about For hell, sure. it's so sobering. And the couple of times I've taught it, I've tried to be lighthearted about it. And that topic just does not work. It does not suit lightheartedness. No,
1: there's just not much lighthearted information. It's
0: so sobering. And so so there's just nothing lighthearted about hell at all. No. It's It's a real place. It is the destination of those who are not in relationship with Jesus. And if you listen to this and you've never given your life to Jesus, I, I implore you to give call out to Jesus to save you. The promise in Scripture is anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So if you, maybe you've maybe you been in church all your life, maybe you've heard the message, but maybe you don't actually have a personal relationship with Jesus. Just acknowledging that you have done wrong things in your life, acknowledging that Jesus came to pay for those sins and that he died a gruesome death on the cross and that God raised him up again and, and believing in him and just saying, Jesus, would you save me from my sin is enough to um, change your destination from hell to heaven. And I, I would really encourage you, if you haven't done that, please do that. All right. From hell, what else happened this week?
1: We had great weather. We did. What's I love it.
0: I know. I'm, it's, I'm in it's shorts. warming up. As we record this, I'm in short, Which
1: I'm, is very distracting for me. I don't think it's a good idea.
0: You know, baby, it's your cross to carry.
1: I know. I know, those nice furry legs.
0: So this afternoon I went out for a bike ride, and then I took the kids to the park, and it was just gorgeous. 5 p.m., sun was setting, I was like, oh, I love it. Amazing.
1: I made roast chicken.
0: Yeah, we've hit the bottom of the barrel for <laughs> <Right>. interesting <laughs> topics to talk about, haven't we? We
1: kind of have, yeah. Uh, I'll have to come up with something new for next week. You finished your series on Blessing this morning.
0: Yeah, I did.
1: It was excellent. Well, You kind of have to say that, given your you to I don't. I, Babe... I tell you all the time if I don't think something was done very well, or, you know. All the time?
0: All the time you tell me if things aren't No, but I
1: mean, if, if, and we do candidly talk to each other about, you know,
0: that is for certain.
1: You're right. So I wouldn't actually say that it was really good if it wasn't.
0: Well, you know what? I appreciate that. You're welcome. It was, it was hard work. I'm not going to lie. It
1: was great though.
0: Speaking first service, I've, I've learned to ignore the lack of feedback in first service.
1: I think that there's got to be a lot of contemplators in first service. Well, I think so. And it's really early, if you if you think about it. We should just hand out free espresso. We'd probably get more of a reaction. Yeah, or donuts. Yeah. Something like that.
0: So anyway, that's our week. You've been sick. I had a lot of teaching. And I'm glad that week is over. I feel like I've caught up a little bit on sleep. And yeah, I'm excited I about don't. this week. You don't? No. Well, I'm sorry, honey. That's okay. Well, as soon as we're done recording, you can go sleep. Okay. Our topic this week... Come from one of our listeners, one of our favorite listeners, Becky Pendergrass, wrote in and said, hey, have you guys talked about negotiation?
1: I was just thinking I, w- I would say something like, what up, Becky? <laughs> <laughs> <I don't
0: know. laughs> just how tired are you? So Becky wrote in and said, have you guys ever done a podcast on negotiation? And I don't think we have. So here we're going to talk about negotiation. Where do you want to start with negotiation, babe?
1: Oh, my gosh. Talk well, about
0: your love-hate relationship with negotiation. You're
1: the negotiation king. I'm not sure I'm a king, love.
0: You are a king. I think I'm a king compared to you because you don't really negotiate.
1: Well, so I know you have the thing of, like, you should always ask for a discount because you can always get at least 10%. Right.
0: Well, my golden rule is anybody can get 10% off of anything pretty much anytime.
1: But I sometimes feel like, it. for me, it feels really... Cheap to be like, hey, that's a nice latte. Can I get ten percent off that? <laughs> or you know, I know it doesn't really work with lattes, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, but that's
0: not how you would do it. Okay. So I'm, I, I mean, I should qualify that. I don't go to Whole Foods and go, hey, this is really good. How about you give me ten percent off my bill? Right. Yeah, that's I'm, true. I'm not talking about your day to day stuff, but I'm talking about a larger purchase.
1: Yeah, or if you're like Craigslisting, or well, you you do it every time we go to the garage. Whenever we get the car fixed, you always end up getting some sort of a at least 10% every single time we go.
0: Right. And here's why I know that's going to be possible. It's because if you're signed up to their email list, they're constantly sending you, hey, we're doing a winter special or we're doing a this or we're doing that or we're doing something. I, I've got better things to do in my life than keep track of what promotions are going on. So I just say, what promotions have you got going on? Right. And, you know, if they don't have one that's going on, I, I point out to them our service history and just say, well, you know, given we're... Anyway, we're jumping ahead. I think it would be fair to say that you have got more comfortable with the concept of negotiation in the years that we've been married. True or false? True. And your initial awkward relationship with negotiation came from where?
1: I don't know. I guess I'd never, ever done it. Like my family, I don't ever remember asking for a discount for anything.
0: Right. But I think asking for a discount and negotiation, two completely different things. Okay. I think negotiating is a business practice where you're trying to create a win-win environment. I think asking for a discount just sounds like you're cheap. Okay. So while asking for a discount is part of negotiation, I think negotiation is a way broader topic than just, hey, I don't want to pay for this. And that's not that's not where you're coming from at all.
1: Right. Okay.
0: So negotiation for me is trying to create an environment that is win-win for both the seller and the buyer. Because in an ideal situation, whether I'm the seller or whether I'm the buyer, we both want something to walk away happy. Like if I go to buy a car, the car salesman literally wants to sell me a car. It's in his job title. Right. And I'm a buyer. So if I can buy a car that that's within my budget, I'm happy. If he can sell a car within my budget, he's going to be happy. It's just, it's just finding that... Um, Common balance.
1: Right, 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 right.
0: So what has been your problem historically with what I've just said there?
1: Um, I honestly don't know. I would say historically I would just get embarrassed. And I was happy for the benefit of it, like in that you would be able to negotiate spending less or getting more for what we're already spending or whatever. Right. But I just felt really uncomfortable to be there. In fact, sometimes I would just sort of wander away while you were doing the negotiation. That's fascinating. Why?
0: Because what what did you think was happening? I don't know. But now, now what's it like?
1: Um, well now I have benefited from it many times. And so when you say something like, Hey babe, you know, when they call you about the car or whatever, make sure that you ask them about, you know, negotiate a discount or whatever. Yeah. Now I can go, okay, I'm, I'm okay to do that, but I still have to kind of work myself up to it.
0: But for example, if you're next to me and we're talking about a discount for a washer dryer that we've just bought, or do you feel uncomfortable or do you feel like, oh, this is just part of the process
1: or? I'm starting to feel like
0: it's part of the process. And do you, do you, like, did you used to feel, I'm fascinated by the fact that this was an awkward thing for you. Why was it awkward? Do you think I was making people feel awkward or?
1: No, I think that you are, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I I, um, I think that you're great at it. I just sometimes, I feel like it's putting somebody in a difficult position. Of course, they can always say no, but I guess because I feel like most people don't realize they can say no. Right. But anybody
0: who's a salesperson for the living has been taught sales techniques. Right. So I'm just using the same techniques it kind of as a defense, like... I have this impenetrable shield, like your Jedi mind tricks will not work on me. And so I don't want to deal with sleazy salespeople any more than anybody else does. Right. I just, I'm not interested in playing that game. I want to find somebody, like the best salesperson to deal with is somebody who wants you to be happy. Right. And that's why I love, you're not going to get a discount at Apple, but that's why I love Apple people. They're not on commission. They are... They're gently trying to probe what is it you're looking for and how can we help you get there. And so there's this sense of trust when you're speaking to somebody, say, from Apple or when you're speaking to, you know, somebody who has a passion about what they're doing. Like I love, I don't know how many Apple products I've sold to people. I don't work for Apple in any capacity whatsoever.
1: No, but you should. Uh,
0: no, but <laughs> what I mean by that is I'm listening to people and I'm helping them pick what they need. Right. When I find a salesperson that wants to do that, oh, I, I just, I love the ride. And then you get a sense that, they're, that you can work together. Right. But the same thing, you know, whether I'm buying or whether I'm selling, like whenever I'm selling anything on Craigslist, I know people are going to want to negotiate with me. So I'm fine with that. I have... Verbal and, judo.
1: And I get that. Like, I get that because I think in Craigslist, like, if I put something on Craigslist, I'm kind of expecting that somebody's going to try and negotiate me down.
0: But do you feel confident to navigate
1: that well? Um, I do now. But I sort of have in my head, like, I won't go below X.
0: Right. That's a good thing.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, let me let me
0: give you the basics okay. of what I was taught. Okay, go. Cool. So... I think this came from Dave Ramsey. I think when we were doing Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University, which if you haven't done already, I highly recommend it. He gave us three rules of negotiation. I love this. He said the first rule is never misrepresent the truth while negotiating, which is a really big deal. I mean, of course, it's wrong. You never want to lie. But it also weakens your stance because generally speaking, we can tell when somebody else is lying. Right. Number two is never have intentions to harm the party. Right, and and I think this is where people don't like to negotiate because they think, oh, you're out to rip off the person. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm I'm acutely aware of the law of sowing and reaping. I actually I, I want to uh, create a win win environment. Like when we've bought our cars in the past, or when we've gone to you know set up the purchase of a car or the lease of a car, I'm not going in to try and drive a hard bargain. I'm saying this is my budget do you have a car that fits in that budget? And if right. they don't have a car that fits in that budget, no hard feelings, I'll go look elsewhere. Right. I think some people think, oh, you're playing hardball. You're like, no, I just don't want to overspend. Right. So num- number one, never misrepresent the truth. Number two, never have intentions to harm the other party. And number three, create a win-win deal. Like that sounds blindingly obvious. But again, you want to find somebody who wants to sell something and you want to buy it. If you can find a price that works for both of them, you got a win-win deal, right? So there's your three three guidelines. The four stages of negotiating. This is how I do it.
1: Wow, there's three guidelines and four stages.
0: Let me tell you, baby, I've amazing. Got this written down. Okay. The first step is, which nobody does, is I just ask for a better price. Yes, you which would, you always do. You'd have no idea how often. You don't even need to do anything past that. People are like. Eh, yeah, I can probably knock 10% off Yeah, or 20%. I mean, how many times have we, when we were buying our first house, do you remember this? Yes. The banker calls us and says, okay, we're ready to lock in your interest rate. And I was like, I don't understand what that means. So they said, well, you know, you're going to be borrowing at a set interest rate and today's the day that we're going to lock it in. And I was like, okay, and what is the interest rate? And I forget what they said, 3.75%. Yeah. And I was like, oh, great. Is that a good rate? And they were like, yeah, it's a good rate. I said, where do you come up with that rate? And they said, "Well, we, you know, we're fed these rates." I said, "How would I get a better rate?" And they were like, "Well, uh, you know, varying number of factors." I said, "Do you think you could ask?" And he was like, "Yeah." So he put me on hold for like five minutes, and then came back and was like, "Hey, I've got you a better rate. I've got yeah. you three and a half percent." So just by me asking, what do we shave off? Like fifteen, twenty thousand dollars over the course <laughs> of our mortgage. Just by yeah. me asking, huge. Yeah. Out of out of innocence. So just ask. Ask for a better price, and and that's where I say. Generally speaking, you should be able to get 10%. Generally speaking, you should be able to get 10% off of everything every time.
1: All right. Well, what if they say no?
0: Then stage number two is you just say, oh, that's too bad. Or, oh, that's not good enough. Or, oh, that's unfortunate. And then step number three is you wait and say nothing. It's butt-clenchingly awkward. So
1: it is. step number that's, one. That's what I don't like about the negotiating is the butt-clenchingly awkward.
0: Right. And, and you, you can't fake it you have to show utter disinterest. Yeah. You can't be like, mm, you know, stroking your chin, like, mm, I'm thinking about it. You're just like, oh, oh okay, well, that's, that's not going to work for me.
1: Right.
0: See, I was trying to be quiet and you had to break the silence because it's butt <laughs> cleansing the awkward. But that's <laughs> Wait, what I'll do. do
1: it this time. See? Impressive. <laughs> you still broke the silence.
0: <laughs> Thing is, don't shift your body language don't speak. Don't make suggestions. Here's the number one thing I see people go wrong when they're when they're learning to negotiate. They say, hey, is there a better price or can you not do that? I'm like, why have you softened the blow for them? Drop that or can you not do that? If you right. say, oh, you know, is there any way, you know, uh, is there a better price or is that something you can do for me? They're just going to say, they're just going to repeat the last thing. Oh, that's not something we can do for you. Don't give them the easy out. Just say, hey, you know, is there any way you can do it? So I wait, I just, you know, It's awkward, but I just wait it out and I let them come back to me. If they come back to me with uh, an option and I like it, great. If they come back to me with an option and I I think, well, maybe not, I try some other things. Well, we'll, okay, if you can't deal with the price, could you do free shipping? Or if you can't do free shipping, could you cover the sales tax? Or if you can't do that, could you throw this in as well? Or I just throw things around. Again, I'm just exploring the options,
1: I remember when we got the girls' bunk beds. Right. They uh, they were willing to give 10%, but, you know, they were quite expensive, the bunk beds. Right. And so I remember you talking to the guy and just saying, you know, is, is there anything more you can do? And he said, well, not really on these beds. Like, I can't really do anything on the beds. And there was a lamp which that was, you Which wanted. wasn't
0: true, by the way.
1: Really? Well,
0: if you remember, I, you know, I, especially on bigger purchases in big bulk stores... Yeah, I usually just for the fun of it, just drop the price by fifty percent. So you know, if if the beds are twelve hundred dollars, I'm just like, uh, is there any way you do them for six hundred? Now nobody should be doing them for six hundred, right. so they're going to say no, but then they're going to make a counter offer, which is going to be better, and they're probably going to counter with say, well, can you do it? You know, well, probably what best I could do is knock two hundred off as a thousand. You're like, you know, I was really hoping for six hundred, and they might you know nudge it down to maybe nine hundred, and right. and so what happened was he said, no, I can't. And this is key. You have to be able to walk away. right? You you have to be. And, and really, it's as simple as being like, oh, you can't? Oh, okay. Right. And here's the thing. If you don't have $1,200, don't buy the bunk beds. Right. So you just, that's what we said. We said, oh, okay. Well, thanks so much for your time. And we left, but he walked us out the store. Yeah. And as we were just leaving the store, the door was open as I was walking out. The man said, let me give you my card. When anybody says, let me give you my card... They want you to call back and make a deal. Right. So he said there was nothing that could be done, but we called back and said, well, you know, what about this? What about that? And eventually, I forget what he did. Well,
1: he did drop it by a couple hundred dollars. Yep. And then, but you also had seen this lamp yeah, that was sort of in their sales section, but you just really liked it. But it was supposed to be like a $200 lamp. He gave It was it
0: to- a $300 lamp.
1: Okay. But he gave it to us for like 30 bucks or something.
0: Right. Yeah. So So there's yeah. so many different ways that you can do that. But you have not because you ask not. The right. number of people who will just not ask I, I don't understand why people don't ask, but just asking out loud saying, Hey, is hey is that possible? Dave likes to say cash is king, so you know, you take your cash with you yeah. and you start, you know, fanning the cash out. I've never actually had to do that. Um, but that's one of the things he talks about. I, I just I find that a little uh a little gangsterish. But we did that when we bought our first house, if you remember.
1: I could tie a bandana on my hair backwards, and then we could go in with our cash.
0: I like that, baby. Yeah. I'd yeah, love be that fun. Life. Let's do that next okay, time. Okay, great. Okay. Tell everybody the story about um, buying the house when you almost burst into tears.
1: Oh, well, that was, uh, of course, not this house, but the last house. And, um, you know, the person who was selling us the house, she was amazing. And we'd met with her several times and stuff like that. And, but somebody had ordered the exact house that we wanted in this area that was getting built. And so when we came in, she said, you know, it's amazing. You can actually have the house that you wanted because somebody started the build on it and then now they've canceled out of it. And so, um, you know, it's perfect. Bob's your uncle kind of thing. Um, but it didn't have the kitchen that I wanted and, um, Like it didn't have sort of the gourmet upgraded kitchen and whatever. And so you had said, well, can we upgrade the kitchen because that's what AJ wanted? And can we change some of the colors and whatever? And so to begin with, the lady was like, no, you can't change anything because everything's already
0: ordered. Right. They said no architectural changes.
1: Right. And we're like, "Okay." So Alan's like, well, okay, I guess that's it then. Okay, thanks. Well, I wasn't as abrupt as that.
0: I was like, well, hang on. The house hasn't been built yet. Right. So I understand that you've put in these orders, but you're making a hundred of these houses. Right. Surely you could recycle our kit. you know, or our, mm. nothing's been delivered yet. And they were like, "Nope." We there wasn't even
1: that. walls. There was a concrete slab that right. the house was going to sit on. That's it.
0: And I was like, well, if we're going to spend hundreds of thousand dollars on a house, we'd love it to be the house that we want. Right. And they said, you know, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do. And I said, you know, we totally understand. Thank you so much for your time. And we got up and walked out. And, and when we guys said, you were like, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? I'm like, just, just breathe. Just, just calm. Just get in the car. Just get in the car. And we drove away. And a couple of hours later, they called us at home. And we're like, well, you know, I spoke to my manager. And we could make some architectural changes.
1: Well, like They let us change pretty much everything we wanted to.
0: Right. But the point is, you, you have to, to be able away. to walk away. Yeah, And, you know, if, if, if you can't. It's already owned you. It's already named its price. Right. So there's your four steps to negotiating. Ask for a better price. If, they, if you get it, it's a one-step process. If you don't, you just say something like, well, that's not good enough. Then you wait. Right. And then you buy. Or you counter offer. <laughs> you were waiting for me to interrupt away. you. I knew it. <laughs> but again, if, you, if you're not out to be sleazy or difficult or obstinate or prideful... Humility will open doors that you might never realize are there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is, too, is we'd probably have a lot less. I mean, I don't mean we, you and I, because we're we're fairly good at sticking to, you know, whatever budget we're inside. But I mean, I guess I've been watching a lot of HGTV, you know, and there's all these people are like, our budget is $300,000 for a house. And then they get shown like $450,000 houses or whatever. And in the end, they're like, well... I guess, you know, I guess that's what we're going to do. And then they end up in a place where they probably didn't make the best decision for the rest of their life, if that makes sense. Right. So if you can actually go into it going, this is what I know. I have this much money. This is also what I know. I'm not going into debt for this. Right. You know, and, and just be honest about it. I think most people can appreciate that.
0: I, I find it fascinating when you combine favor with negotiation. Yeah. So when when you add in favor, favor is a gift that God gives somebody else for your benefit. So you meet somebody and they like you. You know, they you find favor in their eyes without doing anything. And they're kindly disposed towards you and they want to help you. And man, the number of times in our life that we've just seen favor work on behalf of us. Yeah. In terms of upgrades, in terms of opportunities and stuff. Terms of bonuses, and you know, can you think of anything that recently that we've negotiated
1: on? Um, you've negotiated every piece of furniture we've ever bought in this entire house.
0: <laughs> I don't think that's true.
1: It absolutely is true. Really? Yes. Bookcase in our bedroom, you negotiated that. Right. All of this furniture in the podcast studio. Oh, well, I negotiated that, but because you made me. Right. Uh, but we got a discount on that. Our couch. You negotiated yep. that. Yeah, I think. I mean, the Breville food processor. I don't even remember that. We went in to Macy's. Go Macy's. Go Macy's. And um, got the Breville sous chef, which was, I had been saving up all of my birthday money and Christmas money and whatnot. Right. And so we went in and at the cash register, the lady said, um... You know, she's like, oh, it's already on for 20% off or something like that. And then she said, but if you want to order, open a Macy's card, I can give you an extra 20% off.
0: Which we do not.
1: Which we do not. So, but you said, well, you know, if you can actually just give us an extra 20% off for opening a credit card, then you could actually just give us an extra 20% off.
0: Well, I, I don't think I said it quite like that. No, no,
1: no. no. I? But I, you said it much nicer than that. I
0: probably made some comment about, do you have any 20% discounts for people with awesome Scottish accents? Something Which like in that. America often works. And they're like, you know what? We do. This Tuesday we have a... And, you know, we, yes. we struck up some banter and yeah. away we went.
1: So we ended up getting the the sous chef and a kettle for like $220. It should have been like $500 altogether. Well, <laughs> I mean, it was something crazy like that.
0: Yeah, I don't know where I learned my love of negotiation. You're Scottish. Yeah, I think I saw my dad do it. But I don't know. I've always enjoyed... I just enjoy the banter and everybody loves a good deal. Yeah. There's something wrong with you if you don't.
1: Well, I kind of use it as a is it a is it a verb or an adverb when it's an action thing?
0: It's a verb. Or it's
1: a verb. Because whenever I explain to somebody when they're like, How did you get that for that? I'm like, Alan Scottish them out of it.
0: <laughs> well. That's well. very kind of what you say. So Becky, I hope that's helpful. That's that's how you that's how you negotiate. Um if you have any questions about negotiation, hit us up. We'd we'd love to answer them for you. Yeah.
1: Well, I won't be answering them.
0: Oh, come on. You're
1: a great <laughs> negotiator. I've talked you through I'm it many times. I'm getting there.
0: You're doing an awesome job.
1: Yeah. For the show notes for this show, go to alanandaj.com slash 139.
0: And if you would like information about our School of Supernatural Life, an amazing eight-month school designed to transform your life, head over to us slash school. And if you'd like to ask us a question or recommend a topic that we talk about on the podcast, go to com slash ask
1: yeah please send us some topics because we're finding now that we're 139 topics in that sometimes by the time we get to Sunday we've run out of creative ideas of things to talk about so your suggestions would be lovely until then see you later faith, faith life, life, communication tacos and video games Paleo- Donuts in the kindness of God, the things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee, they are
0: just like you and me.